0: This,
1: this, this, this is mythical.
0: This week's episode of Ear Biscuits is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website or online portfolio.
1: You know, I think I'm gonna be using Squarespace to use our URL, internet peanut butter. It's been redirecting to rentlink.com, but I think we need to change it and make it go to just peanut butter type stuff. You wanna start selling peanut butter? I d I don't know. I just I'm gonna I'm gonna tool around with it.
0: Okay, you look into that. In the meantime, I'll let them know that they can try out Squarespace for free without even entering in their credit card information. And then once they're convinced that they want to actually go forward with this whole thing, make sure you get ten percent off by using the offer code R and L. R A N D L. So you can visit internetpeanutbutter.com and it'll
1: just redirect the and link because I'm I haven't done it yet. I gotta carve out the time. But you should also immediately go to squarespace.com, use offer code RNL. Now
0: it's time for an ear biscuit. Welcome to Ear Biscuits, I'm Link. And I'm Brett. It's time for another conversation with someone interesting from the internet. At the round table of dim lighting this week, we have
1: Brittany Louise Taylor. That's BLT, not the sandwich, but the YouTuber extraordinaire. Music video spoofs, vlogging, all types of stuff. I we mean, talked
0: to her about her bouts with bullying growing up how she took on Hollywood at the young age of 19. And the unconventional
1: methods she employed to build her YouTube channel. Unconventional. You won't believe how many videos she watched in her first year on YouTube. Watched,
0: not made. Astounding. Speaking of astounding, uh, I had what they called the confused burrito for dinner tonight. I was there. I heard
1: you order it (laughs) and... I was confused. Well, there's this- Is me- that why it's called Confused Burrito? No.
0: Well, there's this Mexican restaurant not too far from us. Well, that's not saying a lot. We're in Los Angeles. But <laughs> this is probably the closest Mexican restaurant to our studio, and we've never been, and uh, we decided to go to it. Nice atmosphere, by the way. It was kind of like Disney, World a Disney World restaurant on the inside. Like doors to nowhere, windows to nowhere. Well, yeah, barrels with nothing in them. Yeah, I loved it. No animatronics, so, But- uh, on the, on the, I always go for the what special. What about the barrels? Is that, sp- like, casks of? Whiskey. Tequila. Tequila. Yeah. Um, I don't, I always go for the specials. You know, I mean, I'm the guy, I get the McRib when the McGrib comes back, I, you know. The I grass get, is always greener for you. Yeah, and I mean, if I, if the chef has taken the time to do something a little bit different, I'm going to take a chance with him, even if I don't know him. And it
1: is a chance. That's my perspective. If the chef is trying something new, that's what he calls
0: a special. Uh, This is especially new to me. It might be (laughs) especially bad to you. Well, it was called the Confused Burrito, and it had- Great uh, name, by the way. Chili Colorado, which is- beef and red sauce on one side, and then it had um, salsa verde on the other side, and that was pork and green sauce. And I was like, it's like a Christmas burrito. That was pretty exciting to me. And I got it, but what was really confusing to me is why I finished it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Now, listen, they bring this thing out. Now, I just ordered the carnitas. Can't go wrong with that. Can't go wrong with
0: that. They had had guacamole? It's like the barbecue of Mexico.
1: Give me the carnitas, hold the tomatoes. brought it out it looked great I looked over at Rhett's plate and it was gosh it was oh man it the burrito was so big it, it looked like it, it looked like someone like a doctor had operated <laughs> pulled like the largest organ out of a very huge animal and put it <laughs> on a hot plate. I mean it, it was it had a couple of different color sauces and it looked fleshy.
0: It, it, just, looked, it was huge. No, it looked incredible. I mean... No, but, it just looked like a burrito with two colors. But, but here's the deal. I mean, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it was. But I've always, always, without exception, finished everything on my plate.
1: Well, the thing that I'm... Knowing this about you, the thing, the thing that I said to Rhett, people, was before he started eating, I said, can you picture everything that's on that huge plate inside of you a few minutes from now. I mean, is, is that even possible? And I
0: answered you, not only can I picture it, but I will make it happen right here in front of you. <laughs> you will picture it. You will see a movie of it right oh, now gosh. you just watch me do it. <laughs>
1: see and a I movie did, of it. And I did it.
0: it. <laughs> I did it. That's what, you know, that's what hanging out with me is like. It's like <laughs> constantly being at a movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, I ate it and uh, I am beginning to regret that. Well, actually, I've already regretted it three times. <laughs> I've had to take three.
1: Okay. Three okay. Breaks. Yeah. <laughs> well, I got you. Okay. I, I'm
0: sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. I, I am really sorry, <laughs> the, If you you know if you have to stop by, I'm not going to say well, the name it, of the restaurant. But so
1: many conversations here are bathroom related. No,
0: I hey, you don't know what I was talking about. <laughs> no, I don't. Um, just don't order the confused burrito because it will confuse your your body. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's why they call it that it's just the sheer volume of it confused your body, man. You need portion control, dude. You should have cut it right down that part. The demarcation between the red sauce and the green sauce should yeah. have been the place where you cut that thing in half and then you could have had half for later,
0: yeah, but then I have would it wouldn't have been a two time a two tone experience. <sighs> it would have been red or green. I wanted red and green.
1: Well, it's interesting in segueing to Brittany Louise Taylor. There is this confused burrito nature to her start on YouTube. Hmm. See wow. what I see. What I mean by that?
0: Wow. Okay. Maybe, maybe yeah. it
1: involved a character of a different sauce, and then her of a different sauce a little bit later. I don't know. Just see if the analogy fits as we get into this conversation.
0: Here it is: our ear biscuit with Brittany Louise Taylor.
2: I, I shot a hunger games parody yesterday and i was at the beach and like cat in his costume and like everyone was laughing at me because i'm like singing because there was like there's a couple fart jokes and so i had to listen <laughs> so I, had, I was like like let these lyrics in this cat in his costume with a bow and arrow and i still so ran into you know keep the heat i ran into him he's like oh hey really? it was out in malibu like in the middle of nowhere like oh, at yeah. this beach
1: only in la were you at the el matador beach yeah that's the beach. That's the beach.
2: Okay, we, I didn't know we about shot that. on that beach too. Okay, because I need, I needed like, um, I needed just a good
0: location. So, well, it's like the One Direction.
2: Uh, I didn't know you that. You don't know
0: your beautiful.
2: That's our. Little, beach, that was the right? beach,
0: isn't it? I think so, but you'll see it in a
1: lot of videos where it's okay. We need a beach with like a rock
2: <laughs> that has a hole underneath that looks like kind of like Hawaii <laughs> or yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. So we we shot our. uh Rub some bacon on it there,
0: and there's always something <laughs> going on down there because when we were down there, there was a guy shooting a model, a bikini model, <laughs> on the beach, and we were like, you know what? She was kind of she was in the background of our robot shot, yeah. and we were like, you know what? Let's just leave this. She had on a thong. I had oh and god, we've never had a thong in any you of never our videos. Had cheeks yeah. in the videos, and this was not no a cover. Cheeks. This was not a cover of the thong song, which we've which we've considered <laughs> doing many times, but this particular time it was an original song. And
1: light light that song is so old dude nobody even <laughs> knows what that, 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 song, that song, song is they know what it is they did <laughs> it okay. what it no, because
2: is. i did I, I did a video on my second channel with andre we were i think we had some sugar and we were just like laughing so we're like we didn't even know the lyrics and we were just like both going back and forth and like dong, dong dong, dong, <laughs> dong can't handle it and yeah. he was like i'm like this. i was like just knew like one word in every line that he was yeah. singing it was brilliant
1: so, have you ever had butt cheeks in one of your videos?
2: Um, no, I think I've had... Yours like,
1: or anybody else's?
2: Well, I mean, I've had pants super tight, but you probably... Like, <laughs> it probably leaves little to the imagination, super but... Super tight pants. Yeah. <laughs> like, in the, the Katniss video we just shot, I was like, well, okay, they're, like, um, Lululemon pants, and, like, there's... Leaves nothing to the imagination. Like, you can see... The cheeks in all their glory, like,
0: right? <laughs> isn't that what the big controversy is about? But, but their pants, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, use
2: their, they are. They're a little, yeah. I, I didn't use a lot of butt shots, <laughs> so
1: okay, you kept it tasteful. I did. Okay, I tried yeah. to. We we kept the butt shots at
0: a <laughs> l- l- long distance, but if you click on the actual girl yeah. in the background during that video. You guys put
2: an annotation?
0: It brings up an annotation <laughs> of her walking with the robot. But we actually did ask her to, we asked her to put a shirt on
1: before that she wasn't topless. She wasn't topless, I mean, but we were like,
0: you know what? Just, you know, we, we just, you know, if, if, if a, if a you know, a two-year-old is out there watching this video and <laughs> happens to accidentally click on this. Was it we like a probably little Easter egg then? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. We had a bunch okay. of them in that video. Anyway. Okay. You know, no, no,
2: I had, um, it was really funny. We kept trying to frame out this guy because we wanted to shoot towards the water, but there's this guy that was scuba diving in for lobster. So you keep seeing his fins come up and then like him come up and dive back down. So you're trying to frame out the
1: lobster guy. <laughs> so I told you about yeah. this. You could just
0: go dive off yeah. of the coast of... Malibu and you could just get, get lobsters lobster. wow he
1: caught like six of them
0: now were his
1: butt cheeks
2: exposed <laughs> no we saw a lot of fin lots and lots of yeah. fin
0: not a lot of it's gratuitous, gratuitous, lot of gratuitous fin
2: yeah yeah and we like I had a lot of people because you know at that beach they have like you know the upper where like the stairs are those thinking like, mountain well there's like everyone kept sitting up there and watching us and we started to get like this crowd of like people like what is she doing because I have this bow and arrow and I'm like <laughs> lip syncing to these lyrics
0: <laughs> now, here's the age old question though did you get a permit
2: No, (laughs) I can't afford permits. Of course, we didn't
0: either. I mean, I've I've (sighs) talked to many people who have shot at El Matador and no one's ever gotten a permit. Uh, One Direction probably did though.
2: I know, I think that, I, I don't know, I mean, and I don't even know, I'm one of those people like, I just fly by the seat of my pants, and like, film in different places, and if we get in trouble, we go somewhere else, yeah, like, right. you know, go and I'm always super beach. polite, and I'm super, exactly, I'm always super polite, and I'm super nice, and the only time that I got in trouble a little bit, we were filming at the old zoo, oh, yeah. in Griffith Park, and uh-huh. I didn't I didn't know that that's like, that's like heavily patrolled by the, ra- like the rangers, because and
0: it's haunted by the, the ghosts of animals.
2: Oh, is it? Yeah. I didn't know this. I didn't get that, like, creepy vibe. Just well, that's like,
1: good. You, uh, you weren't haunted. You just were <laughs> approached by a ranger?
2: <laughs> just approached by a ranger, and I had a pink wig on and this, like, um, floral, like, full floral costume, and he was like, you can't be filming here, blah, blah, blah. You have but I do a permit. We just ended up going up the street and, like, running and filming in the bushes, <laughs> or so we like, we just, like, ran away, but I got what I needed before he kicked us out.
1: Oh, yeah. That's doing. We well, I was gonna bring it back to butt cheeks one more time, <laughs> but instead of doing that... Why don't we just go back to go back to your backstory and backstory. not your backside?
2: Okay, not the backside, just the, the backstory. Where are you from? Um, I'm from Sedona, Arizona. Well, I moved when I was one and a half. My brother is really allergic to mosquitoes, so he used to blow up like a balloon. And like in Minnesota, where we're from, it's like the Minnesota, it's like the national birds, like there's <laughs> mosquitoes everywhere.
1: So we're in Minnesota? Uh, St. Paul. St. Paul. Mm-hmm. Twin so, cities. Well, no, one of the Twin Cities. Yeah. Well, yeah, you can't have one way without the other. <laughs> Now your your laughter sounds like a machine, machine gun. gun.
2: That's um, it's it's a genetic thing. My brother does it too. It only happens for like uh, now. I'm like totally self conscious about it. It happens. No, it's to- great. It happens randomly, and we call it the machine gun Can thing. You do it again.
0: And,
2: like, but that's not that's me trying. But like, it's when I think something's really funny that it usually oh. comes out. I either squeal or I machine gun.
1: It's a little but frightening. Not both at the same time. <laughs> no. Okay, so you and your brother do that. Are you also? Allergic to mosquitoes?
2: I'm not, he is. So
1: you got that gene, but not the other gene? Yeah. Okay, you like, get, got machine the, gun laughter, Machine gun gene. laughter
2: is both of us and the mosquitoes. I'm, I like, I, you know, the bugs always liked Blake. He's the one that if we go camping, Blake's my older brother. So if we go camping, he's the one that gets eaten alive in two seconds and is covered with like lotion. I Who mean, so this
0: was so serious that it required yeah, he would, a relocation. A relocation.
2: He literally would blow up like, just his whole body was just allergic. So, and he was just a toddler and my brother was 17 months older than me. So he was three at the time and I was one and a half and we like, my mom's like, well, the two places we could go to were New Mexico or Arizona for like not a
1: ton of mosquitoes so we lived into New Mexico first what is she doing like talking to how do you find this out is it
2: I think that I don't even know how you find that because that go was to like before in, yeah exactly that was before yeah. internet that sure. was probably word of mouth I'm sure now you could probably go and Google and put like you know cities without mosquitoes but I think it was just probably yeah a lot of word of mouth and they wanted like a small community someplace to raise us that would be safe and
0: and so what were what were uh, your parents doing at the time
2: oh um my my parents were so funny. My uh, my dad was an airline pilot and my mom was a flight attendant, and really?
0: they they Ooh. met on
2: no. But this is really funny. They met when they met on uh, the plane. My mom would have never dated him. She didn't know that he was an airline pilot because they were notorious players. This is like back in like the catch me if you can kind of days where like pilots. The moment they came on the plane, the wedding rings like came off. You know that uh-huh. that whole thing. And all the women like my mom used to have to be like weighed in. Like you couldn't be five. Like pounds over your weight, your nails had to be perfect. Like, all the women were gorgeous. Like, that's that was like the actresses of her day. Like, everyone wanted to be a flight attendant. So, she
0: was just literally, a, they li- were weighed in.
2: literally weighed. Literally, you come in, and if you were five pounds
0: over your weight limit, you could not fly. Well, you do need to be able to fit in the middle aisle. I mean, <laughs> I'm just, you know, seriously, that should be, that should be the realistic <laughs> limit. It shouldn't be exactly. a, a mass thing. It should be a volume thing.
2: Yeah. But, um, she had to literally get notes from her doctor cause like she was allergic to nail polish. Our whole family has allergies. So, um, she couldn't wear it. And so she had to have like, b- bring a note with her and bring it with her to every check-in or else she wouldn't be allowed to fly cause her nails were painted. Yeah, it was I crazy. Not, I do not
0: accept service from flight attendants that did do not have, have their nail nails painted. Yeah.
2: Okay. Well, then you would have not like my mom. <laughs> um, so they no, they met on a plane just as passengers and she said they were dating for two months before she asked him like, well, what do you do? She's, he's like, I'm a pilot. She's like, no, you don't. I, you're not a pilot. I don't date pilots. So um, he had to go get his uniform to like prove it to her, but they they were married and my mom was still working for a while when she had me. So I think when we moved to Arizona she was still flying, but then she decided she wanted,
1: just, she wanted to be home with the kids. It was too hard but but they were able to just pick up and move somewhere yeah. else because of the way that the flight industry worked kind it's, of it's thing. pretty
2: easy because um you just have to have a, be near a major city that you can be based like my dad worked for northwest so like the there's certain places like you at st paul was a base and like phoenix was like a, a like a main station okay. it just had to be someplace that he could get to wherever else he needed to go so there's certain cities that you had to live near and so i think that's part of the reason they picked arizona too was that you know it was close to phoenix so like an hour and a half
1: so your mom is allergic to nail polish. <laughs>
2: everything. Your
1: brother is. She's allergic to everything.
2: Everything. She like literally. She's the one like when we were in, like I was raised Catholic and then like we just like switched to stuff. Like now we're just like Christian. I don't know. Um. She like you know in Catholic they have the incense. She'd be the one like like just like like hacking and her eyes streaming and have to run out when they do the incense down the aisles. Like uh-huh. she we'd have to sit in back and she'd have to bring like allergy medication and like sneak out. She can't handle it. She
0: should have just channeled that into like a big emotional reaction, and they're be like, look how spiritual that lady is. <laughs> that's a, I've
2: been
1: healed. Well, that's I've been a, healed. That's yeah. a charismatic church,
0: not a Catholic church, in right. my understanding. But, yeah. When you do that at the Catholic church, they kind of just look at you like, what's wrong yeah. with that lady? You need to go to the Church of God and down you got, the street. You have to keep it yeah. in.
2: Like It's all about keeping it on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> right. Live with your pain. No, but so, yeah, like our whole family is food issues I don't know what, what do you have me I have tree oh this is awful and I, I hate it I have a tree nut allergy like which means like I can't have like almonds Brazil coconut nuts. any kind of nuts and I lo- <laughs> that sounds wrong I love nuts I do I love like peanut butter I love hot butter that. <laughs> yeah, peanut sound. butter
0: a, tre- just, a tree nut
2: no peanuts peanuts are actually a fungus but like most people are, I, I know way too much about food what hold, 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 yeah. wait, hold,
0: hold. back up a second yeah
2: peanuts are actually a fungus they're not a nut you didn't know that?
0: I thought they were a legume.
2: Oh, I don't know. i heard they're a fungus. That's when they have like the, kind of like, uh, did you, the what is it called? don't know. She said, you
0: didn't know that? Well, I don't know. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> what you just said. I have, no, I, don't, I, I know I think, very little about this, but I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say <laughs> that I am almost positive that peanuts are not a fungus. <laughs> I don't know. We should look on your phone. I, I no, no, we're can't, not, do, we it. can't okay. do it. We can't cheat. We cannot go on the internet during an ear biscuit. But I bet, peanuts can get fungus.
2: No, I think that I've for some I've heard that they're a fungus. I, whatever. And then, I, like,
1: <laughs> I think if you spell legume backwards, it's
0: kind of like fungus. And no, I think, that you're, won't work I think you're
2: reaching. <laughs> I'm
0: trying to help you out so here. You don't, can't have almonds. I can't have almonds. Brazil nuts. You, you know about how they get Brazil nuts. Talk about a tree nut. I mean, this thing, <laughs> the tree is just in the middle of the rainforest. And the, the, tre- uh, the they don't grow them anywhere. And the really? trees are like hundreds of years old and they'd have these huge pods that if they fall, they will kill you and they fall down and people collect them and it's all, every Brazil nut that you eat in one of those packs of trail mix or yeah. wherever you get it, it was from some tree in the rainforest. <laughs> it is not harvested like a normal thing. It is in a freaking
2: rainforest.
0: Wow. But you'll never know about that because you're allergic to it.
2: I will never know about that. And also, what is it? Is it macadamia nuts? Or mm-hmm. I'm trying to I'm trying to think cashew, no, cashews actually. Did you know they have to be steamed to be opened? So they're like susceptible susceptible to like bacteria and fungus because the, to get them out you of their shell. You get the peanuts out of them. <laughs> <laughs> sure. You have to steam them to get them open. Like cuz you can't just get them Okay. Out. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, so did you ever have like a, one of those really bad reactions where you I, had to like get the EpiPen and stuff?
2: I I usually get No, I've never had to do EpiPen but I get like I'll get hives I'm the one that then I get it like it's weird it'll start more of my stomach I'll start itching so it's always around my stomach and then I get like these red kind of hives just up my body Mm. it happens randomly I'll be at a restaurant and I'll be like oh don't know what they put in there but my body don't like it (laughs) so
1: yeah I got hives once in my crotch (laughs) <laughs> and I went to the doctor. Are you sure
2: it was hot it was And so I hot. had to,
1: <laughs> it was. I swear. And yeah, I
2: wish you guys could see the look.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, red face. I'm fine. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. I wish you could see the look on Red's face his jaw was just dropped open <laughs> yeah
0: I didn't I didn't know about this so
2: Brittany tell me about your past. I got hives in my crotch
1: <laughs> yeah I went to the, I went to the doctor to get it checked out well, <laughs> I'm gonna keep going with this well story good. I wanna hear it and the um, oh my it was one of those intern like assistant persons okay. and they got me to drop my pants and <laughs> take a look at it this guy and it was really awkward and then the doctor comes in and I'm like okay um, I tell him the whole story Again, and I start dropping pens. I, I don't need to see. And he just he just says, uh, here's some antibiotics or something, and he didn't look at it. And I was like, well, That's I'm really glad strange. he didn't look at it, but then I felt bad that he didn't look at it. <laughs> yeah, like, I was what? like, why, why, why can't you take a look? Was it a fungus? <laughs> it was... I, I think we determined that, that yeah. can't happen. They, we did not determine what caused the hives, and it was hives, for <laughs> the record. But so the doctor just said, "Well, it's, it's probably stress. It had, never happened before, never happened again."
2: <laughs> really?
1: <laughs> so yeah. Oh my! How There's did, so many
2: jokes that you can make mean, about that.
0: <laughs> I did not mean to bring this up. How did this happen? I don't this know. is supposed allergies. to be about, allergies. Okay, so you get, you're allergic to anything else?
2: Um, no, I mean, just all like, oh, you know, sometimes like the perfumes that are really strong, I'll be at like the post office and some woman will have Brown's perfume and I will just be dying. I'll have to walk out and my my eyes will start streaming. So I just, it's just, I'm just sensitive to like awful perfumes sometimes. (laughs) Nothing
0: ever life threatening.
2: No, it's all minor.
1: So your brother changed the trajectory of your life from an early age just to kind of just to kind of save him from swelling.
2: Exactly. Just, well, because I mean, the thing is like, you know, especially when kids are that young, it's dangerous because if he kept swelling up, like what if his, you know, his allergy gets more severe and his throat starts to close when he gets stung or, you know what I mean? It's not mm-hmm. like you need to get kids out of that. And it like, was
0: happening regularly, I, I yeah, guess.
2: Yeah. Like that, The to the point that they had to move because he was wow. just getting eaten alive. And so
1: how old were you when you moved to Arizona? One and a half. One and a half. So your, your first memories remember. are in the desert.
2: I do. My first memories are like we had the, all I remember. It was this real. Well, we moved to Sedona. So it was 4,500 like feet is the elevation. Mm-hmm. So it's like an hour and a half from Phoenix. Phoenix is like desert. So where we moved to in Sedona, it's all red rocks, red dirt. It's like known for being a tourist city. Like they have 22,000 people that live there. Now, I think there was like maybe 2,500 or 5,000 we moved there. And it was definitely a retirement town. And now it's just a full blown tourist town. Like they get like 8 million tourists a year or something crazy. It's, it's beautiful re- to see the red rocks just you'll have to google it sedona like it's just it's it's been in a lot of movies like it's just it's just gorgeous but there's nothing to do <laughs> like it's a small tourist
1: town so what did you do what was life like like the grade school Brittany growing up.
2: Oh, God. I mean, I think that... I mean, the good the good thing about it... I mean, the bad thing was there weren't a lot of kids. And any kids that you met or friends that you made were usually tourists, and they're gone in a week. So I had a lot of friends that were, like, from New York, from Tucson, from Phoenix, from other places that mm-hmm. would come in the summer for, like, a week or come. I mean, I think that was really hard. Um, but uh, the... Brittany Young uh because there was nothing to do we spent a lot of time hiking and we go to the creek a lot like people don't know this but um there's a place called Slide Rock and the the locals know not to go there because it gets shut down like multiple times a year for like E. coli bacteria because people like go to the bathroom in the water so all the locals mm. go down to Red Rock Crossing which is just like cleaner so I spent a lot of my summers just like playing in the water and we had one movie theater. So that's
1: upstream of where the tourists take dumps in the water. Oh, it's
2: downstream and way downstream. Like, it's all rinsed out by then because like, okay. it's like way, like many miles away from where they all are doing their business in the water. Mm-hmm. But no, when we moved there, there was a place called Bayless. It was bashes and Payless put together. It was kind of like your drugstore and your um, pharmacy and your like grocery store in one store. Okay. And then there's a place called the Flicker Shack and there was this old guy that hated kids but ran, had the only movie theater in town <laughs> hated kids. So um, we had- It was yeah, called the Flicker the, Shack? The Flicker Shack. Yeah, and he oh. was he, a
0: movie, Flickr, right?
2: And we, we, there would only play one movie at a time and it would be there forever. And it was just one theater. We didn't have until I was in high school, was there actually a uh, Harkins came in with seven theaters and that was like the biggest thing to ever oh, happen yeah, to Sedona seven. When we got seven theaters, that was like, that was huge.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: So you spent so, your, your whole, I mean, your well, whole childhood there in Arizona. Yeah.
2: And well, I like uh, my mom, she was a wheat farmer. So they had, she grew up with horses. And I, um, I wanted. To get a horse, so probably about like five or six. I think I bugged her enough years. She, I got into horseback riding, so I grew up doing it. At first, I did like um, Western pleasure, and I did some jumping, like you know English. What, what is what now? Western pleasure. It's like it's just like it's
0: Western just, pleasure.
2: Yeah, it's not. <laughs> There's
1: a
0: place in Van Nuys. I think it's called
2: that. <laughs> <laughs> oh snap! Um, no, <laughs> no, it's um, it's like basically like when you see people like they they like you know in at shows where they just like walk trot and canter and like okay, you turn around when, and walk trot and canter and show p-
0: picking up. The their feet like this, like kind of that's
2: gated, that's different. It's a little bit different. Like they'll be like Tennessee walkers and stuff. Like those are like but it's just like when they you know you walk, you trot, let's so say you walk, you know they're Show up. horses. Exactly. Yeah. No, so you're I, not
1: roping anything. No,
2: no, I didn't do any barrel racing or roping or any of that. Did like, you
1: jump over any of those sticks?
2: I did. I jumped over sticks. <laughs> so what's that?
1: what's that called? Jumping.
2: <laughs> yeah. Okay, great. But then I I got into dressage pretty heavily, which is like it's really boring. It's it's in the Olympics, it's the most it's really boring to watch and really hard to do. It's kind of like the easiest way to explain it is like ballet on horseback so it's like you have certain letters and you do certain things at certain letters so like a 20 meter circle would be like a little circle in a little area or you you know changes would be like changing lead like from like like left lead to right lead it's like it's it's really boring to watch and really hard to do yes Yeah. So I I, like I rode horses right all up all the way up to 18. I was about 18. And I grew up doing like sports and playing tennis. I was a total tomboy, like really like major tomboy. (laughs) Well, my brother was 17 months older than me and I idolized him. So it was like whatever he wanted to do, like I was I wanted to do. So like, you know, we play video games together. We always like be around each other. We always just got along. So what and, kind of school
0: situation are we talking about here? Um,
2: School situation was, it was really strange because it was such a small town and like Arizona is like second worst in the nation funding for education. So um, kindergarten was, um, kindergarten was good. And then they pulled us out in first grade. We weren't learning anything. It was like nap time and playing with clay. So my mom actually started a school in our basement and then it was called Children's Open School and I went to the school there for two years till third grade and they started hired a
1: school in started, your basement started a school so in basement. like a
2: homeschool yeah a homeschool situation and then we had um 15 students they paid tuition they got a gifted teacher to come in her name was uh I think it was Brenda Whitecoff if I remember correctly but yeah it was two years I went to school in my basement <laughs> But it was, it was honestly, it was great. And I mean, they opened up the school to like, and you know, they, they had an interview process with the parents, but it was like, um, the parents had to do with the stuff with the kids at least once a week. And then once a month there was a group activity where we went camping or we, um, we were studying like runes and we went up to Flagstaff, Arizona and we did excavating. Like we got to go into like where the NAU, like the dig sites and like, you know, dig up pottery and whatever and, mm-hmm. and all that jazz. So it was and, like, we went to like Lowell Observatory and stayed the night. Like it was, it was really cool. Like it was a very, like the school was very interactive and it was an interesting uh, teaching method because you um, could do anything you wanted all day, but all there was to do was educational activities and you had to do one thing that had to do with math or one thing that had to do with science, but all the toys, all the activities were learning.
1: And there was, a t- there was one teacher. One teacher, yeah who was there yeah. kind of making all this happen.
2: Yeah. And then I think it was about third grade that I just, I really missed, like I wanted to, I wanted to be around the kids and my mom's like, I'm just going to send you to school socialize. So I went back into school system at third grade and then just, you know, stayed in public schools up until high school. But I ended up switching. I got, it was pretty, I had um, pretty bad experiences with bullying when I was younger. So I had to um, switch schools. And so, so
1: tell us about that. What, how old were you when that happened?
2: oh god it started it just I mean my both my brother and I were just like blonde hair blue eyes just like you know like really tan we're just nice kids but my, because my dad was an airline pilot and at that time in Sedona it was just um, everyone thought we were like you know filthy rich and it's like no we're just, we're just middle class but like mm-hmm. the median income was not it was not what it is now like now it's like multi-million dollar houses everywhere but at that point like you know they said that my parents like overbuilt and they just built this just like nice simple house like, like oh you overbuilt for Sedona so everyone like all the parents I think a lot of it starts with the parents. The parents like were, you know, thought my parents were rich, so then the kids thought mm-hmm. I was rich because my mom like you know she would like oh my clothes were just from like banana republic you know or something or the gap like nothing nothing crazy but i always had just like nice clothes or i don't know so the the just i had a lot of issues with like girls i had it was really funny in kindergarten i had a boy that kept ripping my dresses and my dad's like um he showed me he's like next time he does it just punch him so he showed me like took me into his bed we practiced so the next day he went to rip my dress and i punched him so hard that it, it turned black underneath his eyes
0: both eyes both
2: eyes i Actually, yes, both eyes. And uh, you tried
0: to shove his nose into his brain, I, didn't you? I, I must have. <laughs> that, that's what you told me. My mom.
2: My, well, they had, they had, they called a the principal, and then my parents had to come in for a teacher meeting. I was in kindergarten. Had to come in for a parent-teacher meeting, and we were at the grocery store that night. And this guy, like this little kid, was his mom. He's like, "Mom, that's the girl that
1: decked the boy at school today." Like,
2: <laughs> my whole sister was so funny.
1: But um, so I'm confused. Who was the bully? well, he kept ripping my clothes okay so got but
2: it. I was left alone up until like I left school like that you know my my dad was like, I would literally come home every day with like ripped clothes and my dad's like just a him. Mm-hmm. my dad's old school he's from can he's uh, again a farmer he grew up in California so my parents are like they're like from the mentality like you step on someone's property shoot them you know what I mean like if you're not supposed to be there like they're like they're all they're literally like they're they're just I don't know they're from a different planet <laughs>
0: Well, if nobody was stepping in and, you know, if the teacher wasn't stepping in. No,
2: we we tried that and the kid would like, would keep ripping my clothes. My dad's just like, just duck him.
0: He never did it again, did he?
2: Nope. I was left alone up until, and then, but then, I mean, I left school and then um, just like people thought I was like the, so I like, even in high school, I got like, I had, um, I worked really hard and I saved and I got an older BMW and I was making the payments. I was working all summer to, you know, make the payments on the car. Well, I would come out and, like, people would write, like, spoiled, like, B-I-T-C-H on my car. Like, I literally, like, wrote it on my car. Like spray paint types? No, stuff? they they took, um like, you know, it was dirty. They just, like, they oh. sc- basically scraped it in with oh, their fingers. It. I mean, but it, it scratched the paint. But, like, the stuff like that happened all the time. But I, f- I feel like, honestly, I always feel like it was a blessing because it just made me stronger. And I think that I'm the last person to judge people because I was judged my whole life.
1: What do you think the was the lowest point. I mean,
2: I think what probably was really hard. There was this, um, this girl that was, um, we finally got this family that moved in on the other side where we were at in Sky Mountain. Um, there was this auction where this house was foreclosed and this family bought it, this doctor. And he had like three, it was, um, three daughters and a son. And I became friends with the oldest daughter and she had a sleepover and I ended up being like the first person to fall asleep. And um, while I was sleeping, they poured nail polish on me. So I woke up in the middle of the night and my skin, I was like, what's going on? They're like, oh, you knocked it off the counter, blah, blah, blah. It came out later that they poured it on me because my mom like went, you know, went back after them. But I literally had to call my mom, go home. She had to go get nail polish remover. My skin was bleeding. It was really bad. Hmm. So, I mean, I had but I had stuff like that all the time. I had, I don't know, just like girls pulling my hair, girls. And I, I am like, I'm not a person that's, I I didn't do anything. Like they just would just pick me out. So, I mean, it got really bad in junior high. So I ended up having to go to a separate school that was in a big park, which is like a, it's like 45 minutes away. So I had to ride the bus 45 minutes and then ride it an hour back.
0: Uh-huh. every day to
2: go to school but I mean it, it made things it, it got a little bit better but then I had a girl at that school the problem was that I it was it's just so random um, that's when I really started getting into theater and acting and they had um, Missoula Children's Theater is like a traveling uh, thing that comes to town once a year it's really cool and everyone comes like from Sedona Cottonwood Camp Verde, any of the Flagstaff they'll come and audition it's like a week long thing where like in the, um, they put on a play in a week basically mm-hmm. so they had um, and everyone everyone wants roles in it everyone wants to do it, because it's really freaking cool. Like, they bring the sets, it's just, all the costumes, it's amazing what they do in one week, but they had, um, for the Wizard of Oz, they had auditions, and out of, I think it was 550 people, or whatever, I got the role of Dorothy, and then that, that caused a lot of problems, because, like, I just had girls that just didn't like me, for whatever reason, and that was at the the new school, so, it's just girls. (laughs) And and we're
0: talking about a time before, I mean, you know, today there's all this... Uh, Anti bullying an- stuff. Yeah, there all wasn't, the anti-bullying yeah. Anti bullying campaigns. And so there's documentaries about it. There's movements. There's organizations. Yeah. This is before any of that. Yeah. So, um, you know, how do you, what, what do you think about the way that things are handled today? And do you wish that somebody had kind of stepped in? and helped you? Or you're like, you know what, this actually made me who I am.
2: I'm really glad that it, I, I'm glad it happened to me, but I don't want it to happen to anybody else. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I I think it made me really tough. Cause I mean, I moved, I moved to Hollywood when I was 18 by myself. Like I went on 150 student film auditions before I booked a student film and it's not that hard. You know, sometimes there's like two people auditioning. It's not. And I'm like, and I know I'm not doing a bad job. Like I know some of them like, really well. So, I mean, I think I was so used to like n- people attacking me or rejecting, or whatever growing up that it just felt normal like it was like oh, okay well this is this is life let's like try I got so used to knowing that you just have to get up and try again and get up and try again because like my mom made me go to school like she made me like you know go and she didn't let me I mean she would give me what she called sanity days like once a month she would say that I had like you know a doctor's appointment or something she's give me the day off so she let me stay home but
1: but it was basically like torture every day.
2: Yeah, it, I would come home crying. W- it got better when I got into high school because that's when I got really bad acne. And then the girls <laughs> started being nice to me because oh, really? my skin was all broken out. So then I was like, oh, okay. Then I wasn't so much of a target. And being in high school, like by that point, there had been some more people that moved into the town that like, quote unquote, had money. And again, my parents were middle class, but it was just like most people were very low income. Mm-hmm. So to them, they thought my parents were like filthy rich. So I think that was when like high school actually got a little bit better. And I think two people will start to mature a little bit more. And I think that the difference between high school and grade school is grade school. They're going to say things to your face. High school will say it to you behind your back, which I right. prefer a lot more. Like talk about me behind your back. Like, just leave me alone. I don't care what mm-hmm. you say about me. Like, just
1: let me eat my lunch. <laughs> so. And your brother who you were close to yeah. was like a year ahead of you in school. Mm-hmm. maybe two. Yeah. And so was, was, he was, was he a resource for you?
2: He, um, like I think in high school it was good because you know, we kind of like you, you start to form like I hate to say it, it's like a posse, like you have people that you hang out with, and there there's protection in numbers. So when you're around, like, you know, we had all like you know, we'd had land parties at the house, and that's when I started to become like, if anything, my, more of my friends were guys than girls because girls, girls can be catty sometimes, guys are more fun. The things that I want to do are usually guy things, like I want to go to the theme parks, I want to go to movies. I'm not saying all girls are like that, but just like it just it just seemed to work out that way that I wanted while they were having their dune land party, I wanted to hang out and eat pizza with them. So like that it just ended up working out, but um I mean my brother experienced a little bit of the just the bullying. Like he had a guy like throw a burrito at him and like almost took out his eye. Like just like no that was that was in grade school. No, I mean it's just it was it, like it's interesting. Like everyone has their own experiences and have gone through like way worse, but That's, you know, Sedona is a very interesting town. You know why though? It's so beautiful. I have this theory that people move there thinking it's going to solve all their problems. And then they realize they're, wherever they go, their problems follow them. So you end Mm -hmm. up having this gorgeous place with all these crazy, miserable people. (laughs) That's what, that's really what Sedona is. It's all the, all, we call them the, like, there's all the nut jobs. Like they're all nutty.
0: (laughs) What do you think that the, you know, the bullying that you were experiencing, um, you know, you said that. You started theater and you started trying to be an entertainer. Were those related?
2: No, I think that I, I, well, I, this is (laughs) when I was four years old, I saw the Miss USA pageant and I literally wore a bathing suit for four years of my life. Like my mom let me, she didn't care. She's like, so, I mean, I had to wear like regular clothes to school, but like any other time, like in the winter we have pictures. I have me with like tights and the bathing suit and whatever. Like, I just, I don't know. I I think I always like wanted to be a performer without even really knowing Mm -hmm. what that was. I never like I haven't aspired to be like Miss America or anything but like um, there's there's this place called Tulakapaki that's like in um, Sedona and there's like a a little platform outside one of the restaurants and my brother would go here's Brittany and I go up there and sing and dance and now there's a sign there that says no performing on the platform that's because of me (laughs) because I would like literally people giving pennies and whatever and it was pull away from the businesses and they're getting really annoyed because I mean I was a little girl like it was obnoxious I was loud but like it drew attention from what their businesses were
1: Right. It's interesting because you discover yourself as a tomboy and you're interested in, in things that you end up having more guy friends than girlfriends. Yeah. It kind of plays into the the bullying environment that I guess you were in. But at the same time, you've got this want to be a beauty queen type of, I'm in a no, bathing suit.
2: I, no, but you understand. But it was like, it was just, I think that I like to do all the guy things, but I've always been this way. Like I like hair and I like makeup, but I'll go camping in a heartbeat. Like that's just, I think I have a lot of interest. <laughs> So, but I think mentally, like mentality wise, so even now, like my, my, all my best friends are guys. I mean, w- when eventually I do get married, all my bridesmaids are going to be male. Like, it's it that's ha- going to be interesting. Yeah. And I think that, I that's, think
0: that's I, that's not allowed.
2: It's going to, it's going to yeah. have to be. I'm sorry. They're like, that's how it's going to work. Cause are you I gonna don't make
0: them wear dresses.
2: No, like they'll just, they can wear their suits and be them sassy, sel- like them sassy selves. But like, <laughs> it's just, you know, it's just how it's going to work out.
0: Okay. So, You said you moved to Hollywood at 18. Yes. (laughs) So as high school was finishing up. Well, I I graduated a
2: year early. So I I got an um, an art scholarship for drawing. Like it was so fun. I had an academic scholarship to Northern Arizona University, which is Flagstaff. But at the last minute, I got a scholarship that was like partial tuition to ASU. And I I was like, I don't know, I went with my gut. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to do well in that cold weather. I'm going to go to Arizona State. So I ended up going to um, ASU for um, two years. And so it was, I'm sorry, I moved here when I was 19. I was, I turned 19 the month I moved here because so I moved in August. Okay. So um, I was, go- I went into college at 17. So.
0: For drawing.
2: Uh, for, yeah, for drawing. So I was, um, I was in art classes the first year doing, you know, all that stuff. And, but you, you didn't know. say
1: I'm a drawing major, did you?
2: Oh God, no. <laughs> I'm like,
1: majoring in drawing.
2: No, I was in the arts dorm, which is okay. like and it was called McClintock and it's like this it's right on campus and it's all it's all like architecture students, dance students, theater students, and acting like you know, like well let's see theater and art. And it is the craziest party dorm on ASU. It is oh, yeah. nuts. And dramatic. No, oh my god, like you don't understand. Like people people someone flooded the dorm one night where were like the wreck area is and lit toilet paper on fire. Like stuff like that happened on a weekly basis. I got to the point where I didn't get out of bed for the fire alarms, which is extremely illegal because I was like, I'm I should get up at six AM for class. I'm not I can't deal with this. Right, I'm just yeah. gonna go to
0: sleep. I just put yeah. the
2: pillow and stay.
0: I'll, I'll get up when I feel the heat.
2: Exactly, because it's just another false alarm. It's just someone else doing something. Something crazy. Exactly. And artsy, fartsy. Yeah, no, like you ASU is the kind of campus that you see like they're not supposed to haze for like their um, for their sororities and fraternities, but you see the naked people with like clown things running down the middle of like the I forgot what the name of the street like all the time. Like you see the most crazy stuff.
0: So at some point during this process, though, you were like, I don't want to be a drawer.
2: I never, I never wanted to be. I think like I always wanted, I always wanted to do acting, but my mom, like, you know, wanted me to try college and she's always been super supportive, but she's afraid just because you guys know this being in LA, it's a hard city to be in. And I think she didn't want me to be in an industry that was so, so like so challenging and so heartbreaking. And she just wanted to protect me from that. So I think I just prayed long enough. And like one day she woke up and she's like, she realized, she said, she says something like God told me, it was like, you know, I'm the one who Holding her back, and then she moment she told me, she's like, "Just go to LA." I moved like a month after that. Like I wanted to leave right then and there, but I finished out my finals and then, and then move. But
1: after sophomore year,
2: mm-hmm, yeah, it was right right after my finals. I moved. So she
1: gave you her blessing. Yeah. And your dad? What about him? Oh, he
2: was always in. My dad was the kind of guy that um, was like, "Whatever you want, just go for it. I support you." Like, you know, sounds great, Brittany. Do it. Like, that's my mom's. Like, well, we need to think about this. Like that. My mom. If they was, rip
0: your dress, punch them. Exactly. Of story.
2: Exactly. Right. If you want to go to L.A., go to L.A. Like that was my father. But so, so what
0: you, do you do when you when you're nineteen, you're a 19 year old girl and you're moving to Los well, Angeles? How does that work?
2: I always um, I always thought of it as like a business where I came in I came moved here with very much of a business mentality. I wasn't I had this thing I was like I'm not here to make friends, I'm here to work. So I, I bought this book called Acting is Everything by Judy Kerr and I like bookmarked every single little thing on it and I got into classes right away. So I was, you know, I'd save some money while I was in college. So I had, I was taking scene study classes and commercial classes and I t- basically treated it like a business. I went to every single audition and didn't matter what it was, I figured it was audition experience. Um, and I I just I did everything I possibly could I did uh, like tons of actor like you know the uh, casting director workshops and like, I went to producers a lot like I went to producers on like Ugly Betty and Go More Girls and Chuck and a bunch of shows from like casting directors seeing me and it, it get so close it get down to like the six people because like what people don't understand there's like auditions and then there's like the like your um, the producer callback so on the producer callback that's like they've already had 10,000 submissions they've probably auditioned 100 people they'll narrow it down to like six or eight or four mm-hmm. to bring to producers to show them I would get so close on this stuff and then not get it and it was driving me so crazy so one day there was this notice on now casting for this um, company called uh, Operator 11 and this guy named I think his name was Josh Harris he took his last three million dollars and he created this company that was like live video broadcasting and they were looking for people that wanted to do their own shows so I um, at that point that I thought about I'm like oh well you know would it be funny if I did this like clueless life coaching character named Ron Anthony Tanner so I went into that um, and pitched them my idea and like made out with my hand in the audition and like she's crazy we love her so I started made out with your hand I made out with my hand like I had a whole like the whole spiel about like Rhonda's like um, Rhonda kissing techniques or something and like literally made out with my hand in character and they were dying laughing so that like, it worked so um, I started doing a, a show with them and then I I think it was I got up to like I was like at that point this was before this was probably eight years ago or nine years ago mm-hmm. I was getting like a hundred thousand hundred fifty thousand views an episode on my stuff but and what was that outlook? But again, this was it's called it was a live video broadcasting company called Operator 11. And it was, um, it got I came to work one day and the doors were just chain closed, they ran out of money. <laughs> but it
1: was an it was a website,
2: yeah, it was a website, yeah. It was like a like kind of think of like, um, you know, how people they have like live stream now, yeah. or like it's kind of it was like one of the first kind of like live streams, you stream Ustream, sites. blog
1: TV type but thing,
2: I, But I did it in a different way. I would pre film all my sketches and then I would go live for a little bit, but I would play my pre film sketches, so I turn it into kind of like a show. Where I would do, you know, mm. I would I would intro it and outro it, but the middle part was all pre done. Are I they still
0: online it. somewhere?
2: I have the FLV files, and they're awful because <laughs> this this is like not this is like what eight and a half years ago, eight years ago. Like it's not like this is this is back in the day. It was this when still things were what four three like aspect oh, yeah. ratio. Like yeah. it's not three twenty by two forty. Oh yeah, and we, like when we keyed things out, we thought it looked really good, and it looked awful. <laughs> this is like before, you know. Come on, this is like. I don't even know if After Effects was out yet or like, you know, everyone was doing stuff in Final Cut and like- But this is how you were getting paid. I was getting paid I was getting paid some i um to the extra money I did a lot of promo modeling work which is oh my god what is that it, it's it's so hard <laughs> it's basically like you on your feet for 15 18 hours a day and it's like you know modeling
1: clothes or
2: or it would be like a promo like you know how let's say that you're like um you go to like any like volleyball event and let's say there's Kellogg's is there and they have a bunch of like attractive people walking around with like boxes of Kelloggs like the yeah, new cereal aye, aye. that's it's called promotional modeling so I um walking I, around
1: a live event with uh, toting some sort of product
2: yeah but, it, but what I worked a lot of the because it's perfect because I'm pasty white I did the AVP pro tour so for volleyball so like that like that goes all over all the beaches and that, that out in the sun for so 15 beach hours volleyball. beach volleyball handing out sunscreen samples for like 15 hours at a time well
0: you're you're a tall uh,
2: I, I'm short in girl, comparison so. to those people well, I, how tall I, I'm, are you? I'm six feet
0: yeah, I mean. Okay. Yeah,
2: no, but I mean, like, I felt at home. I was like, oh my god, like this is the first time in my life that I'm short. Like everyone's yeah. tall in beach volleyball.
1: But that's hard work.
2: It, it, it was. It was, and they think the hardest part was that you, it took a while to get paid on stuff. Sometimes it'd be like five months before you get paid because it's not. It's like they that um, you get paid really well. It just take time to get paid. So I also worked out with my roommate, where I was a dog walker. So I would walk her dog in exchange for money off my rent. So I get like six hundred dollars a month off my rent. So I did, and then for all my classes, I would paint my, like I painted my one teacher's fence. Like I like would pull weeds. I'd take care of her house and it's gone. Like I would literally work out with my teachers where I would work for them to be able to take lessons for cheaper. So I did anything you could possibly imagine to pay the bills.
1: So the live stream job started from just going to yet another audition. Uh, yeah, yeah, Which you kind of, at a certain point, you're just, you said you were kind of taking all auditions just to see what would, anything. what would catch.
2: Well, cause I mean, when I first, like this is not so much how it is now, but like, well, I mean, it might be, but like a lot of actors when they first moved to LA will do a lot of student films because sometimes those go to festivals and they do well or they're, you know, all the future, you know, directors. So I did a lot of student films. Like when I finally did book one with LA film school, I ended up doing 18 in a row. (laughs) Yes. Because what happened is I would be on set and then like someone there would have their thesis project mm-hmm. coming up and like, and I would just hand out my cards to everybody. And I was like, you know, I was nice and I worked hard and I did my stuff and I left. So I ended up doing like, I think it was 18 in a row and I couldn't use one of them because the footage was all terrible because it's all students. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I did, uh, I did a couple for USC. I did a couple AFI ones, just a lot of student films.
1: But the so the live stream thing, how long did you do that before you showed up and it was just like doors were six barred? months?
2: I, I worked my butt off for six months, like and I think I had on on their thing I had like a hundred thousand subscri- like followers on the their site because wow. I used MySpace. I would go on MySpace and I would spend all day long talking to people, and I had this whole thing that I was like, well, if
0: in I- character
2: in character. People what thought, was the name well, of the character? Rhonda Anthony Tanner so it was rat. It was mm-hmm, like rat mm-hmm. coaching. I want to exterminate the pest from real life thing. So like but I mean my mom always says if you can build an audience with Rhonda you can build an audience with anything because it was a very weird character but that um that was right when Lonely Girl 15 like revealed that she wasn't a real person. Do you remember when that well, yeah. was was a real person? Excuse me. Yeah. Um, that's right when I started well, doing no, YouTube. no she wasn't a
1: real person. It, well, was, exactly. it was a
2: character. Well, that's what I, yeah exactly. So the fact that she like you know was an actress that's when that when that all blew up is when I started YouTube because my mom's like well Brittany she's like that was really I was really angry really upset because I put six months of my life into this I thought I finally had something going you know I you know, I thought like when you come to LA it's very much where like the mentality of you need to take classes to learn how to do anything I don't know if you guys know that but like you need to take a class to learn how to direct you need to take a class to learn how to write you need to take mm-hmm. a class because it's all there's no limits to the way you can spend your money here mm-hmm. you know this oh, yeah. so I think it was really good for me because like people at the studio taught me Final Cut and then I bought a green screen i just started writing so i almost got to like become a filmmaker without having to pay money or go to class or it's like i got just to learn from doing it and like that was the best possible experience was just to be able to just try it and make mistakes
0: and you started your your first youtube channel as this character as right? this
2: character yeah in 2007 How, so, and okay. you,
0: that was based on your mom's advice
1: yeah hey, she's, she's like watching. <laughs> she, she was watching lonely girl
2: yeah, no, she just, she saw something in the news because that she's like, Brittany, this girl is now, uh, you know, getting TV stuff from her YouTube channel. Like, and I kept, you know what I kept hearing at the cast director workshops is like, you have to be, you know, a co-star to get any guest star roles. You have to be a guest star to get any reoccurring or series regular. You have to get any series regular roles before you'll be up for pilots. Like they had this whole pecking order. And they kept saying like, you have to be a name, you have to be a name, you have to be a name. And I'm just like, well, what if your name online, would that make a difference? Like... You know, so I thought maybe if I created something online, I read this really, um, really good article by this casting director named Bonnie Gillespie. And she's like, you can either keep chasing these directors and chasing these cast director, casting directors and chasing these producers, or you create something and people come to you. So that that really got me thinking. I'm like, okay, I need to, you know, I've been here in LA for four years, like busting my butt. Nothing major has happened. Like you have know, gotten close on some things, um, you know? So this was like, this was like my shot to do something.
1: What's the <laughs> Closest thing you got to we would would we know something?
2: No, I mean I just like I just like a lot of like a, just a lot of like co star at
1: the time they were a big opportunity. Oh yeah, for you. I mean, there
2: was um, there was an NBC pilot that I got pretty close on, but they never ended up shooting it. I got cast as the girl, and then it just fell mm-hmm. through. So I mean that was like the closest I got to anything.
1: So. Lonely Girl 15 was the way in to start a YouTube account for you. Yeah,
2: I I literally, I just saw her, like, I was like, okay, like, is she, you know, maybe if I create something online that would open up doors, it's like, all I, like, I just love acting. So it's like, you know, any, any possible way, like, I'm the kind of person, like, I'm willing to put in the work and you guys too, like, I I don't care if I have to edit 20, you know, 20 hours in two days or whatever it is. I mean, as long as it's a good product and, you know. I'm getting to like, you know, do what I love and I just, it's worth it.
1: So you just, the first thing you did was you just moved that character over. Hey, I've got a yeah. hundred thousand followers yeah. over here. I'm going to start a YouTube channel. How did, how was that transition?
2: Um, It was, not uh, it started out where I like, um in the first month I was getting about like 5,000 views an episode. By month two, I was getting like 10,000 views an and episode. And what year, this was... 2007. Okay, yeah. So then, like then, on average, my average then after like you know, I think it was I, I did that when I used to respond to every single message and comment. Like mm-hmm. I literally got carpal tunnel in my wrists. I was responding to like eight thousand comments a week. I was insane. I tried to just turn it into my full time job. I was like, I'm just gonna. And then the partner program came along, and I was like, Oh my god, yay! I think I had three thousand subscribers when I applied to the partner program and got accepted, and that was so nerve wracking. Do you remember back then? Because like if you were d- denied, then you had to wait like six months again to apply. Do you remember oh. that? Okay, this is like... Okay. I, didn't,
1: I didn't know that's how it worked. Yeah,
2: you have to... If you they were denied, you had to wait six months to apply again. So um, when I applied, I got accepted and I was like, yeah, I am a YouTube partner. Oh my God. Um, yeah, so then I started doing stuff with um, Rhonda, but then I was on that channel for I think it was about two years and that's when I met Shane. Like Shane was watching my Rhonda stuff and he thought that I was actually Rhonda and when he found <laughs> out that I... What, I think I put out one that was like 10 facts about me and I decided I would finally show people like... And I think it did really well on my... On my channel, because like, oh my gosh, she's acting.
1: But it was the same channel. Same channel. So this was like you saying, this is a character. Exactly. And was that like a bombshell for people? It was for, a for Shane. a lot of people.
2: No, for Shane, it was. Because he's he like, uh, like, this is Shane's words, not mine. He's like, oh my God, she's not retarded. Like, like, <laughs> These are Shane's words, not mine. Um, so he was like, he's like, oh my God. So then like we, um, I think we started messaging each other back and forth. Because again, I was watching, I watched 50,000 videos in my first year. Like, you know, how YouTube used to track the video views That's that you'd right. watch. That's right. It would yeah. show
1: you the would number you of you views of vi- you have watched. amount of videos,
2: yeah. yeah. So I watched 50,000 videos in the first year. What? because I was leaving comments like just like I figured I literally thought I mean the best way to form a community is to go out and you know like make friends and watch stuff and be supportive and I would leave really nice comments like if someone had a singing video I'd be like oh my god you have a really good voice or I'd try to did pick you invent positive. the
1: phrase sub for sub no was that you? god no <laughs> no I was not- I watched your video watch mine it was no,
2: I never did that. The only person I ever got blocked by was um, Bratz and Beretta. Br- oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. I ran, I ran into them at the YouTube space. I'm like, you guys know you blocked my y- channel because I used to go um, on, every day on to like Lisa Nova and whatever, and I'd leave a comment on their channel page. Well,
1: you went on our channel too. Probably. I re- no, I remember.
2: Was it the uh, was it the weird eye photo? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I did. was like, oh gosh, who is this? I didn't bu- <laughs> did block you. you. You don't remember this. I because- do not remember it. I yeah, was because, dedicated, man. Because you could go to someone's channel. channel page, I mean, yeah. you can still comment on somebody's channel now, but it's basically hidden. You don't hidden. see it, yeah. It's it, not. This was a front and center default uh-huh. thing. The latest person to comment on a channel, and a lot of people wouldn't do it, so it would stay up there a while. Mm-hmm. And you would do it mo- a, c- a couple of times. I would, but in character. Exactly,
2: 100 percent character. It was all like character. sparkles and rainbows. Yep, all in and character. I thought,
1: yeah, and I thought you were <laughs> that girl. And I was like, wow, B rat. Yeah, B rat needs to. I mean, <laughs> multiple times. <laughs> I remember I forgot. That that. is amazing.
2: It's kind of embarrassing, but not because it was my past. So, like, like I, I think I've learned a lot. But I mean, you know, it's like you, you just, you see what works. So
0: Shane.
1: Whenever you did that on Shane's channel, he had seen your videos or maybe like, him. Kinda...
2: Him and Kate used to watch my videos, make fun of me. Like I was like, you know, Shane always has that person that he loves to watch for a laugh, and I was the person that he would watch and be like, "Oh my God, she's <laughs> mentally insane." <laughs> so like, um, we started messaging each other back and forth because, like, remember YouTube had a share button too.
1: And you were so, in character.
2: No, this was like this was after character. Okay. Like this is I put out that he contacted me after he's like, "What? Oh my God!" He said he even told me, he's like, "Kate, she's a real person, it's not." <laughs> thing, <laughs> I didn't even know. So, um, we used to message each other back and forth on actually MySpace because MySpace was still very p- prevalent then. So he was like, "Oh, is the share button broken for you?" I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "We should hang out sometime." I'm like, "Yeah." So we, this is and the how first popular time.
1: Popular was was Shane. He at was the getting
2: like I think he had like twenty five thousand subscribers and he's getting like fifty thousand views an episode. And I right. had twelve thousand subscribers and he had eight thousand. So that's when we became friends. He like ate, like we're just small channels. So we met up at um, Third Street Promenade with Kate and it was the first time I've ever met anyone online like I don't do that like that scares me like hey but I just knew we'd be be, like we talked online I'm like he seems normal and I was kind of hanging out with this like group of guys that was just really strange I was like I was like all of their in a strictly platonic way, I was like, all they're treating me all like their girlfriend, and it was so strange. I was like, I'm like I need to get out of this. so I need to make some new friends. It's like, how, they,
1: how specifically were they treating you? Well,
2: they would just like text me and call me all the time and be like, like super like flirty, and it was just this whole group of guys, and it was weird. It was just really strange. So I like, I mean, they, would, they were dating all other girls, but then like, like they would get jealous. I was just really strange. Like I was like, I'm not dating you guys. We're just all friends. What is going on? So I, I ended up I was like, it was at that time in life that I needed some new friends. So Shane and I, I think then we went. Uh, Shane, Kate, and I went to Six Flags, and I remember we went to Whole Foods later. He's like, "Oh, he's like, oh, could you ever play an emo character?" And I'm like, "Yeah, what do you want me to say?" And I was just like really dry, like all throughout the supermarket. He's like, "Brilliant!" So he wrote it, and then we did emo breakup, and then that that went pretty big, and then we did uh, how to get big on YouTube, and that and that I got big trouble with my roommate because like Shane like filmed on her bed on the one scene. Like I did, I like I kind of do- talked into it, but it's really funny now when we go back and talk about it, but. Um. Yeah. So that was what like, on our bed. He filmed the. <laughs> we want to say what part of the video? It's like we're say it. No, it's like sh- like he's he's doing something very inappropriate to Joe Nation on my bed. Like but they <laughs> like censored it. Down. <laughs>
1: like, on your so, roommate's on bed. On roommate's
2: bed, yes. And then um, she, she a co worker, told her because the video got like, I don't know if it was a couple million views. And then she goes,
0: <laughs> I saw your bed. And, uh, just, there's just, like, two dudes in it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. That's your house. And like, they're filming. And so it was just really, it was, she wasn't the nicest person, but still, I should have asked her. It was, that was like yeah. one of my things going back. It was a guilt thing. But it was like one of those things, like, like I had no money. You know, filming locations. Like, it was bad. It was bad. So
0: at some point in this process, you say, okay, uh, it's time to kind of develop my own identity.
2: No, Shane's the one that said, you need to stop playing Raw Dead. You need to create a new channel. And you need to, because like, you can play other characters. He's like, you should create a channel where you play all different things. And I was like, oh, light bulb. Like, duh, that's what I should have done from the beginning was like be myself and play multiple things. So he's the reason year, I start.
0: Yeah, what year is this? Um, about?
2: I think that was four years ago, four okay. or five for my Brittany Louise Taylor channel. So then, I, that's when I start form that one. So I think it was it was because of him that I did it. And the, I think the first video I uploaded was like the emo breakup bloopers or something, mm-hmm. like from the bloopers from our video. So,
0: so did you have a, a, you know, a lot of success early on because you had Shane, who was growing in popularity, who was you know you, you were appearing in his videos. So it was it you know it you was kind no of I had two, two
2: no well, then it was crazy. I mean, but before that, I'd been on on YouTube for two and a half years. So like. It wasn't like, you know, it was really weird. It, for me, I like, got really excited when I got 50 subs a day. Like, that was big. Like, you know, I would, my goal was like 20 to 30 where I would try to like, you know, make friends. And I'm like, you know, I, I at that point, I loved to keep like a graph. I'm a person that likes like notes and lists.
0: Okay. So, like, oh
2: yeah, I got like 15 subscribers a day. Yeah. And then I would keep like write down every morning what what my subscribers were, I'm my You were doing were. your own
0: analytics, in other words.
2: Basically, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was. So yeah, I Yeah,
1: YouTube's nice enough to make that graph for us uh, now, now. But back you then. would make it you were doing the lines and everything Old back school. then. Yeah. Line graphing it.
2: hmm So I think that, you know, then when we it wasn't really crazy, but the thing is like about Shane though, he would kept doing shout outs and you tell people like, um I remember I did a video of Panasonic and he told people to go say, Show me your tatas on my video, but like show me your Yeah. Uh, he told this so literally I have fifty thousand comments of show me your <laughs> yes yeah. so like if, and I was like how do I explain this to Panasonic like, like, <laughs> <laughs> so it was, was
1: like because <laughs> because your your content what is uh, much cleaner like you won't say the things that no, Shane I just, said, says now you me. want relay. It's different.
2: Yeah, I think that's why we're friends. We're polar opposites. Like that, we polar just all, opposites. Well, but we both have good hearts. But he's like, you know, he's like dirty and will say anything. And I'm like, I'm like, no, I won't say that. I'm still like a little child. Like I'm like, my mom will get mad at me. <laughs>
1: well, what kind of uh, audience have you built? Who are the? I mean, is it? Is it girls watching you? Is yeah. it, it's a different audience it's, than it's Shane all, in some ways, right? And, I mean,
2: in some way, I think that you know I've picked up like, but like most of it's from Shane, so I have like my audience is like eighty three or eighty four percent female of just like between the ages of thirteen to twenty four. So I have all these adorable, adorable young women. Like I would say at VidCon, like people get like you know they'll come and they'll surround them. Mine get in the line. My the cute little girls that get in the line and mm-hmm. they're very polite. Like everyone's else gets like mine's line. I just get a line. Like they're so <laughs> cute. Like they all line up. They don't. And then they're patient. And they wait their turn. Like. So cute.
1: How does knowing that that is your audience impact what you create?
2: I think the best thing for me is like when you start to meet the people that watch your videos. I think anytime that you're tired or like you know you've on your fourth video that you're editing like today, where I'm like I've edited four videos today. I'm I'm like and I'm still like I'll have to go home and color correct and do more just because deadlines on a couple things. It's like when you meet the people, and then like there was this one girl I remember just last VidCon not too long ago. She was um, came up to me in line and she said she started crying. She's like you left a comment saying I was beautiful, and no one's ever told me that I was beautiful in my whole life. And she's this gorgeous. Asian woman I think she's Korean gorgeous like absolutely gorgeous and I'm like no one had told her that she was beautiful like I just the fact that like me leaving a comment on mm-hmm. someone's video could change their life like that like I think for me like I just I love acting so much and I love the people more so like I don't know I've always been like I don't really get all stressed out when things happen with YouTube with numbers or things break like as long as there's someone watching like I just love the kids
1: and I think something that just a casual viewer of yours may not realize is how technical you are in your approach. That <laughs> yeah. you, you're, ve- I mean, you're you pretty much do everything on your channel. That you do mm. you, the music. You may get someone to produce it or sweeten it or whatever. Yeah, I have. I have um, editing and yeah. all of that is something that. You I take do. hands on, right? I've
2: been. I just started to hire. I'm training, and she's brilliant. I've been training someone to help me just with editing on like the beauty videos, just because it's just like you know, an extra eight videos a month that I just need help on. So, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I write and produce and pick up the props and film and do everything. And
1: I'm like, my You're friend, very technically minded when it comes to those things.
2: I love it though. I love. I'm like, like well, I have some of my friends that they're like, oh, I just want to, I just want to act, just want to, whatever. And I'm like, I love every part of the filmmaking process. I love the shot list. I love filming. I I love editing. I love acting. I love the whole, I love the finished product. I just, I love it. I always say I'll bleed for it. If I'm passionate about it, let's do it. I'm ready now, to bleed.
0: Now, at what point did, or has this point come? Um, did you say, okay, well, now I'm doing YouTube. I mean, that's that's what my career is, and that's what my career goal is, or is it? Is there still this sort of side dream or bigger dream beyond YouTube to be like, okay, I do want to parlay this into an acting career,
2: you know what's so funny? Like, I um, do you have, have you ever made like a goal sheet, like of goals that you have? Well, like okay, well like uh,
1: spreadsheet. Uh,
2: well, okay, okay. There we go. No, but pie I am too list. nervous
1: to write them down.
2: No, but I did. Then I ro- I'll
1: find it and feel guilty.
2: No, but you, it's so weird. I would, like literally found the sheet that I wrote, and I think I found it. I don't know if it was a couple months ago, and it was like a reoccurring role on a TV show. And I'm like, I have that right now. I'm like, I'm like a national TV commercial. I'm like, I have that right now. I'm like, all the things that all these things I've wrote and written down. I was like, check a manager that believes in me. Check, and it's like. It's. I realized at that moment that I'm like, I'm living my dream. I get to do what I love. And I'm like, I don't care if the project is on YouTube or it's a film or it's a TV show. I don't care where it's at because I feel like the lines are crossing. Like I was in such a rush and wanted so badly to break into TV and film. When right now TV and film wants to break into YouTube. Like it's so strange. Mm-hmm. Like everything's going online and uh, right. now I have no desire to leave. If anything, I mean, I wrote an eight episode web series. We had an offer for funding from one company. It wasn't enough money. We have another thing. Finger cross fingers crossed that we'll see if it comes through. Like for me, if anything, I just want to keep, you know, increasing the quality and things that, that I Would that
1: be a new channel? What's, get, no, what's the nature be, of it?
2: It, um, I don't want to go into it too much. This is just a really good, it's like, it's it'd be almost like a CW kind of show. So it's like, it's a, it's a like 10 minute webisodes. There's eight of them and um, it's very interactive and it's very, it's what my audience would like. Like, you know, it has to do with like romance and love, but it's like, it's really funny. Like the characters are very, each one's very distinct and it's very funny.
1: So you're playing a character. I play the named, main, the main
2: girl, Samantha.
1: Samantha. Yeah. And just give us a little bit of what Samantha's like. What's the hook?
2: Um, I think that the big, well, the big hook of the series is the relationship between her and her best friend because they're perfect for each other. He's in love with her. She doesn't realize it. So it's like that whole thing where you're always rooting for them to get together and then they, they finally do and then they don't. And then, it's, you know, it's just all that. But it's like the, I don't know, this, the series, again, I don't want to go into it too much. I'm so, I'm so paranoid. I'm like afraid of the, of the eight, the first eight episodes are written. The first season's done. And I just, you know, I want to get it made and get it out there. So,
1: so it's a question of sponsorship with enough well, money to cover the budget.
2: I just haven't, like, I just, uh, I thought about doing Kickstarter, but I have like, I have, this, I have major issues with being like, hey, uh, give me $10,000 and I'll give you a line in my show, you know, or something like, I I, I don't want my mm. kids' money or my viewers' money. I would rather, you know, get a sponsor behind it or get, you know, I feel like that's the route that I want to try. I mean, I who knows? I might eventually, if you know, try Kickstarter, but I don't think I want to. I don't want. You know, I don't want my viewers' money to do something that I want to do. I'd rather it be free for them and them just you know be entertained and have to deal with maybe a little bit of sponsorship in
0: it. Now, you've been doing this for quite some time,
2: seven years, yeah,
0: right. And you know, and we have each other. You know, this is not an easy this is not an easy business to be in because where YouTube is constantly changing and you have to yeah. constantly kind of reinvent yourself and come up with new things and keep people interested in that kind of thing. You're doing yeah. this kind of alone uh and you're still doing it and you're still i mean you're going to leave from here and go and edit more videos what keeps you motivated what keeps you going
2: I think that it's just mentality. Like, I get, I literally have to tell myself that, like, you know, that there's, like, I watched this really good sermon by this pastor, Joel Osteen. He was talking about how, like, you have to literally tell yourself that, like, there's nothing that you can't handle. Like, get up and, like, just know that whatever God gives you, it doesn't matter if you're religious or not, but, like, I'm, I'm, I'm a Jesus freak. So, like, um, he just, he talked about how, like, you need to get up and say that, like, you know, thank you, God, that whatever you give me today, I know that I can handle because you wouldn't have given it to me if I couldn't have handled it. So, on the days when I'm really tired, I'm like, okay, well, This is on my plate. So obviously I can handle it. So I think a lot of it's just, it's attitude instead of me when I'm home editing, instead of being like, oh, I'd rather be out. It's like, oh, look at what I'm getting to do. Look at the products. And I mean, I struggle with the changes to YouTube because if you know, it's like the trend is a lot of like, you know, put up multiple videos that are lower quality or like put up like a gaming video or whatever. And I just know for me, like that's not my style. Like I, lo- I love making really cool videos. I want, if anything, and when I just put up like a challenge video with my brother, or a challenge with a friend, I'm like, I feel like I'm letting them down and they love it. But I want over the top. I want... Like something different, you know? Like, so it always bothers me. I'm like, (laughs) I don't want to upload that video. But yeah, so I think then it's just it's just fun. YouTube is one of those places that, like, you know, it's always gonna keep changing. And I mean, who knows if it's gonna be YouTube, it might be another site in five years. I mean, but I know I'm always gonna be making my own content. Like, once you realize the power and freedom of doing stuff yourself, you'll never stop. It's like being your own boss, it's brilliant. Well, it's we, a pretty can, good deal. It's it a really is. Good I mean deal. But people people don't I mean I get a lot of people ask me like how do I get big on YouTube and I'm like they're like it's just hard work like some people hit it on the first one some it's 2 years some it's 4 like look at the Fine Brothers how many years was it for them before mm-hmm. they blew up was it 7 or whatever like then then now they're huge like you can't like you have to put the work in you know like I'm like get a camera learn to film learn to edit like you know you got to put in the work and then you know if you want anything you just fight for it.
1: Well, we appreciate hearing your story of uh, fighting for it and the success you've had. Thanks for this time that you spent <laughs> with us. Grab the Sharpie. You got to sign the table. Oh, I do? Yeah.
2: Okay. Do you describe it like as I'm signing it or how do we do this? Because this is, they're listening right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You, maybe okay. you should go over that direction. There's yeah. that good t- yeah. real estate for you. some new territory like over here. I'm going to put a heart. Oh, and
2: yeah. Man. I'm going to put BLT. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: And that was our ear biscuit with Brittany Louise Taylor. Thank you to Brittany
1: for uh, sharing her story. You know, the thing that struck me was her sheer tenacity in creating her YouTube presence. How she was she had something on that the live streaming platform. And interestingly enough, she had pre-taped segments. That was you know it was very uh, YouTube-ish to do that to take a live platform to but to have these. Uh, edited pieces, and so she, she actually used something that was made for YouTube and did it somewhere else, which was made more for live streaming.
0: Well, and also going back eight or nine years and doing anything that had hundreds of thousands of people that, who were interested in it, that that is just unheard of. I right. haven't ever talked to anyone who has who had that kind of success that long ago.
1: And then it was shut down, and she had to basically start over... On the YouTube platform, and she did it in, in the tenacious way that she did it. it. First of all, she did it in character, but then she stayed in character in the comments. Like, I had totally forgotten that she had commented on her channel, man. And now I, I, I do can, remember, I remember that. it vividly. I do remember it. Like, I mean, I I thought I interpreted her character as being a stalker, like someone who's a little too into what we were doing to reply to. I was a little concerned. (laughs) But she was in character. That was the great thing about it. And she commented on everybody that commented on her video.
0: And watching 50,000 videos in her first year on YouTube. I mean, the thing that is really significant to me is that you've got people who... Kind of just stumble into it, you know. We talked to Glozell, where she makes the initial video that it's sort of an accidental viral video, and then yeah. it's and then her career becomes about well building upon that moment, you know, and it becomes a successful YouTube career. And then you got somebody like Brittany who just basically willed it into into being, and you know, and I did, I know there's a lot of people out there. There's a lot of people uh, listening. A lot of people, you know, in that. Now that this is a thing that you can do, who they want to do it, and you just see that, well, it might be a whole lot of work. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's it definitely, well, well, that's I one know, of the paths.
1: Yeah, I don't know that Brittany would say, she, you, sh- you should reply to every person who comments on your videos, but hey, you know, that's, that's one way to do it. I don't think she's capable of doing that now with the, the you know, the the quantity of comments on her channel. I'm sure she doesn't. She's not able to do that now, but she still maintains that personal connection that, I mean, she was able to tell us about. So, um, again, it's great to get the perspective on how she has made it to the place where she is. And we look forward to, you know, this this narrative series that she's talking about. It seems like we got a little bit of the scoop on that. So that's good. That's what a Ear Biscuit will give you. The scoop? It'll give you the scoop. It'll give you an understanding. It'll help you understand somebody. Now, when we watch her videos or when you watch her video, you're going to understand more of the girl from Arizona. Maybe we should have called this podcast The Scoop.
0: That's what I'm thinking it right It sounds now. like,
1: it makes me think of cat litter, you know? How about ice cream? Or ice cream. The Scoop. Kitty litter ice cream. Now you that's something to think about. You, you never had a cat? Why do you think about a kitty litter with... I, Scoop. What? I had a cat for a little bit, if we really want to go this <laughs> I had a calico kitten that I slept, uh, on, yeah. it, it it slept got on my worms. pillow and it, then got it got worms and we uh, got rid of it. We don't want to talk about that. Let's not I didn't kill that. it, we just gave it back.
0: Gave it back to its mom?
1: We'll get into this later, <laughs> Rhett. Thank you for listening to this Ear Biscuit. We do it every week. We have capacity for you to invite your friends to listen via the SoundCloud
0: or the iTunes. And please do that. Keep listening, keep inviting. Uh, use both ears and uh, we'll keep broadcasting in mono. You keep listening in stereo. We
1: will reply to your comments individually.
0: Next week, uh, Link's going to be in your left ear, and I'm going to be in your right ear. <laughs> <next week. laughs> yeah, well, we'll talk about that. Maybe not. Well, it's possible. Yeah. We could, I mean, technically, we could do that. I'm going to try to make it happen. See you next week, or you hear us next week, something yeah. like that. Man, you're falling apart. Bye.